up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch Hello and welcome to another episode in the Oz Movie Geek Halloween Spooktacular. I'm your host, Pado. Today I'll be covering a different film, a film that didn't receive a lot of attention upon its initial release, but a film that I appreciate nonetheless. And what I wanted to do this year was focus more on films that I thoroughly enjoy and have a bit more fun with this format. So I guess with this particular film, which I'll introduce in a second. It's a film that didn't receive a lot of attention, like I mentioned, and it did receive quite a negative reception from the critics and didn't make the spark, I guess, that this type of film would have back in 2010 to 2013 at the box office. This film, of course, is Phoenix Forgotten, the 2017 Ridley Scott-produced film directed by Justin Barber. And it is a found footage film, so it does have, I guess, that stigma around it that it has to hit the beats of a found footage film. And this film doesn't. It sort of strays away from that initial formula, focusing more heavily on building character and, I guess, sparking a really interesting mystery. The film doesn't have the generic jump scares that we've come to expect from films like this. It more focuses on the mystery surrounding the disappearance of the three uh, teens after the event of the Phoenix Lights. Uh, So for those who don't know, the Phoenix Lights essentially was a huge... Um, UFO conspiracy in the uh, 1990s, in 1997. And essentially all it was was over the city of Phoenix, up in the sky, there was a bunch of lights that appeared to be in formation with one another that appeared over the entire city. So majority of the city saw this phenomena. And since then, I guess it sparked that conversation. What were the lights? Uh, what, What was going on that night? And I guess the main conclusion that a lot of people came to that it was something to do with UFOs and it was involving aliens. And I guess that automatically intrigues me because whilst I am a big believer in seeing is believing, I still think that the conspiracies around things like that to be very interesting and really well... um, I guess documented in certain aspects. This this particular event was incredibly well documented and had a lot of different theories and people talking about the event. And I think what spurred on people who are big UFO truthers out there was the fact that the senator at the time came out years later and said, we had no idea what it was that night. Um, we had to say, we were told to say that it was, you know, a, a military training exercise, but we had no idea what was going on. It very well could have been an unidentified flying object. So that's really interesting, and I like that that also adds to the intrigue. Now, this particular film, I guess, is based around that uh, event in Phoenix, but what what the film does from there, it, it doesn't really, I guess, stray into the reality of the event and rather creates a fictionalized tale that sort of surrounds the event. So 
it uses the event as the backdrop, focusing more heavily on a fictionalized story of the disappearance of three people who went looking for the truth after the event. So it's really intriguing and I really like the setup of it. And in regards to the actual story itself, like I said, I'm automatically intrigued because I like that. I guess, as you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm a big fan of UFO documentaries and things like that. I'm a bit of a, um, not a UFO truther because I'm not one of those people who, you know, believes in abductions and things like that. But I do find all of it very intriguing. And if it's well presented in the way that it's, you know, constructed, then I'm going to enjoy it, and I guess it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine, definitely, but at the same time, if the right documentary comes along, I do find myself to be thoroughly entertained throughout, and I think that's why I wanted to talk specifically about this film, because it's presented as a bit of a mockumentary or faux documentary, if you will, and I like that idea, because it doesn't follow that traditional format of a found footage film. Yes, there is a found footage aspect, which I really enjoy, which I will talk about, but it's the way that the information is presented on screen that it actually plays more like a documentary, and I find that to be really intriguing and completely different for the genre. So that's my introduction to Phoenix Forgotten. Like I said, it's a bit of a forgotten film, no pun intended, and it's a film that doesn't receive the attention that I thought it might have after its initial release. So Let's talk about Phoenix Forgotten and let's get stuck into why I enjoy this film and why I'm talking about it this Halloween. So without further ado, take it away, trailer. A aircraft or missile. There's no good reason for keeping this secret for three decades. The government's been lying about UFOs for 50 years. <gasps> what is that? Oh okay. Five, six, seven, light. Right you guys ever seen anything like this before? That's that's one object. I zoom in on it. Yeah. I'm zooming, Mom. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. That's definitely not a plane. <laughs> what do you think that was? I don't know. <laughs> that was the Air Force, Dad. Well, I hope it was our Air Force. This just goes to show that you guys are entirely too serious. Hey, what's going on? Power's out. For the whole block? The whole grid. Get down, get down. They're just cops. Cops don't walk around in the middle of the night with telescopes. The Phoenix lights flew southeast, which is exactly where we're headed. How do we get there? It's like what? six in the morning. This is gonna be red. Literally nothing out here. What you got? Whoa, come look at this. What the hell? I don't like this. I shouldn't have brought you guys out here. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Hey man, you all right? Are you still filming? We need to get out of here now. Whoa, whoa, what is that? It's just a car. Mark, speed up. I am. Oh, oh my God, it's, it's right behind us. What's it oh doing? Mark, speed up. Oh, no, 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 no. God. 
so Phoenix Forgotten, like I mentioned, was directed by Justin Barber and it was produced by Ridley Scott's company, Scott Free Entertainment. Uh, the film stars Florence uh, Hardigan, Luke Spencer Roberts, Chelsea Lopez and Justin Matthews. And the film follows after two decades after three teenagers disappeared in the wake of the mysterious lights appearing above Phoenix, Arizona. Unseen footage from that night has been discovered chronicling the final hours of their fateful expedition. So like I said, the film is surrounded by the uh, mystery of the Phoenix Lights and three friends, Mark, Josh and Ashley, go out looking for the truth. So essentially they're following the trajectory of where those lights went um, and they find themselves in the Arizona desert looking for some answers. So there was a bit of an intrigue around it with power outages and things like that, which was reported at the time, but a lot of it was uh, deemed to be hoax. Um, but the actual phenomena of the lights itself created that intrigue. So I guess that's highlighting that fact, and we see that these three kids are going out to find out the truth. Uh, they take their camera with them, and we get to see what they see that night. So that's the general premise of the found footage aspect of the film. The other element of the story is that um, Josh's sister... Um, played by Florence Hardigan, who plays Sophie. She's creating her own documentary to try and find out exactly what happened to the kids. They've never been found. So she's looking for her brother and wanting answers. Um, during her interviews and um, her putting together this documentary, she comes across new evidence that wasn't available to the police at the time. Um, so one of the biggest intriguing factors of their disappearance was that they, of course, brought their camera out to the desert. But as soon as they arrive in the desert, the footage seems to end. So what she does is goes to the school to see if another camera was checked out at the time. Um, the school tells her that they found this camera um, that was sent to them. And it's another camera um, that had the footage available in the in the camera. Um, and we don't know how it ended up back at the school, assuming that, um, I guess, with it being school property, it had a return label printed somewhere on the actual camera itself. One of the unanswered questions of the actual film, though, is who sent that to back to the school. There's a postal address on the uh, on the box um, when, you, when we're watching the film, but um, no one seems to know what it says or who it's from. Um, there's rumours that it could be by from the Air Force based on the conversation that Sophie has with the Air Force, but based on that conversation, they don't want that footage released. So, yeah, it's very intriguing. Um, it's got a lot of mystery surrounding it, and it's a, a lot of, um, I wouldn't say fun. It's more interesting than it is uh, a thoroughly, you know, a suspenseful uh, outing in the cinema. Now, I've seen this film a couple of times now. Uh, most recently, I watched it yesterday in preparation for this review. Uh, and what I found upon repeat viewing, which I didn't upon initial reviewing, was just appreciating the found footage aspect of the film. So when we have that title, found footage, um, a lot of films just use it as a filmmaking technique. Um, and I guess without sounding too cynical... A lot of the time it's used in a, in a way to, I, I guess, hide the fact that there might be some shoddy filmmaking going on. What I mean by that is that it's an excuse to have shaky camera work, jump scares, and have that aesthetic that has that realism around it. So rather than creating something that's entirely, you know, original or using that um, 
I guess, genuine suspense that can be credited from a, a genuinely entertaining horror flick, what this film tends to do, or what the genre tends to do, is that it, it doesn't really rely on that, relies on cheap jump scares to sort of get the audience engaged without putting too much effort into creating, you know, suspenseful sequences. Now, there are exceptions to this rule. Um, the Blair Witch Project, of course, being one of the main ones I can think of, again, presented like actual found footage um, and what I mean by that is that it's footage that's been found in a camera so that's what the Blair Witch Project was presented as and that's what exactly what it is with the Paranormal Activity films which I guess is the most successful franchise outside of the Blair Witch Project those films there are called found footage but all the footage is edited everything feels very glossy and clean so it doesn't actually have that aesthetic for me personally anyway watching those films um watching phoenix forgotten however because the film has the vhs camcorder footage it feels real because there's the blue bars that appear after they've stopped recording or they've got the camera on standby or they're experiencing those technical difficulties whilst filming so it actually has that aesthetic that it's unedited footage and it feels real. So I really enjoy that. And it has that real aesthetic of the fact that they found this footage. So I find that to be really entertaining. Um, and I find it to add to the authenticity of the film. Now, comparing it again to, I guess, other found footage films. I'm not shitting on all of them because there are a lot that are thoroughly entertaining. Uh, As Above, So Below is one of my favourites. It's so unique and so different. I really enjoy that film. But if you were to compare it to some of the bigger ones in the genre, I guess, with the Blair Witch sequel that came out in 2016 uh, and the Paranormal Activity films, again, they're called that, but they have this thing about them where they're all, you know, really, really glossy and well-produced. And Phoenix Forgotten just doesn't have that. It just feels very raw and authentic. Um, so when this stuff actually does happen at the end of the film, which is a UFO abduction of the three teenagers, it's really well put together and it's quite interesting seeing that all um, you know, uh, play out uh, over the course of the film because we've set up the actual disappearance of these teenagers and we're waiting to see what happens to them. And then right at the end, we get the footage. It's a chunk of footage, goes for about 20 minutes, and it shows exactly what happened to these guys. And it's quite creepy. Uh, they feel incredibly isolated because of their location. But because of the way that the footage is put together, it also feels very real. So we have, um, I guess, during their research and what they're putting together, they find uh, the concept of Ezekiel's wheel. For those who don't know what Ezekiel's wheel is, it's the idea of these spinning circles of motion to try and create, um, you know, something that's able to move. Um, I guess the film that puts it together and they reference it directly is Contact. Contact uh, speaks about the Ezekiel's wheel concept of these circles within circles that sort of move around to move, um, which is really cool concept and that's what we get to see um, and that's the form that the UFO takes at the end of the film which I do really enjoy and I find that in that sequence in particular some of the filmmaking that's surrounded by that is actually really cool I really enjoy when they put together the um, the actual abduction of I think it's Josh in the house so there's a house that they're heading towards because they see a light on and they're out in the middle of nowhere um, Ashley has lost her flashlight and at this point she's been abducted. Mark's already gone, so it's just Josh that's left and he heads towards this house. Now, there's lights all outside the house and there's a lot of wind picking up, which is really interesting in its own right, I guess, which is really cool. And what happens then is we see the elevation of objects within the house 
as they beam up towards the roof, which is really cool. And it's, yeah, really well put together. And then this house pretty much just shreds away to nothing and then Josh disappears. The camera goes up with the UFO um, and then we see that the camera drops back down to earth in like this spirally um, motion, which I think was real, really filmed. If I do remember from a featurette, they dropped a camera from a height and that's the footage that they got, which is really cool. Um, it's something if you've never done it with your own phone, uh, you can watch videos on YouTube of people testing out their life proof cases and things like that, dropping phones with cameras. Um, and it's really cool. I, I really enjoyed that sequence. And Again, it goes down to the fact, uh, the talent behind the camera here. I think Justin Barber is a really talented filmmaker and I'll be really keen to see what he's able to do next because what he's able to do here with the found footage concept, I keep thinking, imagine what he's able to do with an actual, um, you know, Hollywood production, you know, like a big, big studio production or even just a, a horror film with a budget. Because like I said, this is a horror film by nature, but because of the way that it's actually put together and um, the way that it plays out as a faux documentary, I just find it to be thoroughly interesting. And I think that's the intrigue of it and that's why I enjoy it as much as I do. And I, I guess a few of the complaints, like I said, that there's some story elements that just don't fit, like how did the camera get back to the school? There's a few little movie mistakes. Um, the When they go into Josh's room, they see that he has a copy of the X-Files on the X-Files movie on VHS. That film didn't come out until 1998, um, so it definitely wouldn't have been out on VHS in 1997. So little things like that are, you know, just little mistakes um, and things that can be tidied up, of course, in editing or just with that attention to detail. But I think because of the rest of the film and the way that it's constructed, that it just feels completely unique and it feels completely different from the rest of the genre. And I guess because you're dealing with a real-life event, again, it has that intrigue for people to say, hang on, I've heard about the Phoenix Lights. What's this story? Did these kids really disappear? It's really interesting and I find that to be the drawing factor here that separates this film from other films. And that's what I really enjoy and that's what I wanted to see. Um, and I think in that regards, the film doesn't really disappoint because, like I said, it's what I wanted to see. Um, there's other films that I guess deal with alien abductions and, and things like that with the found footage, um, uh, the way, you know, the found footage uh, style of filmmaking. There's one that was directed by Oren Pelly who took on the first paranormal activity film. Uh, it's called Area 51, and it's about these kids who in invade uh, Area 51 looking for answers. It's really generic, and it's exactly what I didn't want this film to be. Filled with jump scares and filmed exactly like the Paranormal Activity films, where it's found footage, but all the footage is incredibly edited, and it invites more questions than it answers. Uh, and it's a terrible film, where Phoenix Forgotten has that aesthetic of an actual documentary, so automatically you're intrigued because you want to find out what happens to these kids and we actually get an answer to that at the end of the film which I really enjoyed and like I said with my Vast of Night review last year I, I am a bit of a sucker for anything involving aliens so automatically I'm intrigued but I guess what keeps me coming back to these sorts of films is if there are enough entries in the genre that can intrigue me enough to revisit and Phoenix Forgotten is exactly that. Like I've said, I've watched it a couple of times now. I watched it in preparation for this review and I saw it upon its initial release. And 
I don't know if it's because of Ridley Scott's involvement as a producer that the film does have that little bit of a higher budget and is put together a little more cleanly than what it would have if it didn't involve that talent behind the camera. But at the same time, I just find it to be incredibly interesting. So I think that this film in particular, if you're a fan of found footage and you want to see something completely different to what we've seen before, then this is exactly the film for you. Um, It's really entertaining. It's got the intrigue about it. It's got heaps of mystery shrouding it. Um, The performances by the kids are good enough. They're believable. Um, The girl that plays Ashley uh, towards the end when she gets abducted, her performance does dip notably. But I do think that's just because of her lack of experience as an actress at this point in her career. She hadn't done a great deal. So um, she's good up until that point. It's just that sequence when she's abducted, it's very cartoonish. But the rest of the film, it's very well put together. Josh and um, Mark's performances in particular feel very authentic. When Josh, uh, when Mark wants to get back to the car um, because he saw uh, they encounter um, in the desert, they encounter uh, like a beam of light and sound and they just want to get back to their car. That sequence is completely riveting. It's really well put together. Mark is completely freaked out and he just wants to get home. Um, and he's sort of shutting himself off and he's sort of sick because after they encounter the UFOs, I think the implication is that it's radiation that's making their nose bleed. Uh, Ashley's hair starts to fall out. Um, and then the next scene is that they get abducted. So obviously it's tying all of that together, which is really interesting. And I, I do enjoy all of that. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that everything surrounding the film and the way it's put together make it a little better than most um, in the found footage genre. And because it actually contains found footage, I do enjoy that too. Uh, So yeah, definitely check this one out, guys. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, And I am a fan of these faux documentary types, and I will be covering another underrated film in the genre, an Australian film called Lake Mungo, and that will be in this Halloween spooktacular as well. So look forward to that review coming very shortly as well. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, Make sure that you check out my review of Freddy's Revenge, which was the first film I did in this Halloween spooktacular. I had a lot of fun revisiting that one uh, as a fan of the franchise. It was really cool to actually go back and watch it again. It's been years, so that was really fun. And I'm going to have more reviews coming at you very shortly for this spooktacular. I'm having a lot of fun revisiting some of these horror flicks and, yeah, exploring a few of them. So look forward to more reviews coming at you very shortly, guys. And until next time, peace out. up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch You've got to pick up every stitch Ooh, Must be the season of the wind Must be the season of the wind yeah. Must be the season of the wind